Ladies and gentlemen, welcome or welcome back to the JKWD podcast. We hope you're having an awesome day. We just talked to Christine McHugh, so we are having an awesome day. Actually, maybe I shouldn't speak for you, Kelvin. Uh, you having an awesome day yet? Josh, I think with the uh, with within the auspices of the pod, pod podcast that we have, I believe um, you are within your your realm to speak for me. We had a great time. Yeah, she was awesome. She was awesome, <laughs> and the, and she smiled and laughed a lot. So, you know, we had a good time. Yeah. So, uh, Christine McHugh is the author of From Barista to Boardroom. We talk about her rise from pouring coffee at Starbucks to executive to coach to executives. She is on her way to Fairbanks, Alaska, the coldest place that Kelvin has ever been. Uh, I don't know if that's going to make the podcast, but we'll see how the editing comes out. You know, we also talk a little bit uh, of running because we, you know, Christine and I had that in common. And uh, I know we, we touch on that a lot and uh, we talk push-ups too, a little bit. <laughs> and uh, and she's a heading of extortion, I think. Is what <laughs> push-ups things coming down to it. <laughs> and and uh, as we've been doing with our guests of late, we asked Christine to present you with a challenge and it is not push-ups related, though you are welcome to some push-ups if you'd like to do them. So Kevin, how how are you doing now that uh I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's been an interesting week. Uh, weather's been interesting and in and out, but we haven't had any tornadoes or hurricanes. So um or floods. So I'm pretty happy. Good. Pretty happy. Good. Uh, doing doing well at other things. Lost a couple pounds, you know, feeling good about that. So hey, and I'm just loving life. How about oh, you? I'm doing great. I, uh, I you know, my, my uh, training prescription was five miles this morning. I went out to do seven and I came back having done eight. I reorganized my workspace a little bit so that I have sort of a standing desk uh, and you know, trying to you know, ward off that, that, you know, too much sitting. You know, we'll mm. see how this goes. Uh, we were an actual eight-hour shift, but um, so far <laughs> Are it's you working. You do that through a shift too? Yeah, you know, if I need to sit down here and there, I will. But you know, if, uh, so far it's working well for you know, the hour and a half podcast recording. Cool. <laughs> um, what else? We did have a well. We had a tropical storm and a couple of tornadoes over here, but uh, just 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 some leaves down in my neighborhood. Friend stuff versus Main Street, right? What's that? <laughs> Your tornadoes and, and stuff. I said fringe stuff versus coming down the middle of the. Yeah, yeah. Well, they weren't. They weren't where I am. Uh, you know, they were, you know, out in the out in the flatlands. Got it. And, and we're pretty flat over here, but we got houses and trees and stuff, and they tend to form where there's just, you know, plains. Yeah. You know, flat farmland and there's a lot of that in this area too gotcha but i think we had an ef1 and an ef2 both touched down and not a not a whole lot of damage from what i understand fortunately good uh, other than that we are we're doing great 
And we're brought to you today by Vitamin K Daily. Get a daily dose of positive from the Prince of Positive himself, Kelvin P. Ringgold Sr. He's the other guy talking. He didn't let talk much today. I, I, don't, know, I don't know where I got the chatty. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, normal. but it's good. That's not normally me. Um, it was that run wake this up, morning. It must be. Wake up every morning to well, Monday through Friday. Find out how your day is going to be awesome and how awesome your day is going to be. Get yourself four weeks free at vitaminkdaily.com. After that, just $24.95 a year. Where are you going to get a deal like that these days? But if during your four weeks you find out it's not for you, just cancel any time. You will not get charged. Vitaminkdaily.com. That's vitaminkdaily.com. I'm going to shut my trap and on the other side of the music, you'll hear a conversation with Christine McHugh. Do we have to get you to a flight at any? Yeah, so I need to jump off about eight forty-five, or so we have about forty-five minutes. Okay, Manos. Uh, I think we're going to try and leave for the airport about nine, so I'm all ready. But I just got to make sure I don't forget anything. So yeah, thanks for checking on that. No transporters, huh? Well, Uh, well, the transporter is my husband and son, and I don't want them (laughs) to have to be waiting waiting for me. So there you go. So typically we start by uh, asking your mission and how you came about that mission. Yeah. Yeah, So my mission, um, I would say my mission is really focused on serving others and helping people. Um, And that manifests itself in a lot of different ways. It could be just through my work. It could be through my community. It could be having conversations with people like you, where if there's a story that I can share that has value to other people. I look at that as part of that service oriented mission. Um, And I think it really came from two places for me. One is through my family's legacy and history of civil servants and politicians and and really being involved in the community. I grew up around that a lot. I mean, I spent a lot of my childhood going to campaign rallies and community events, um, all within the spirit and intention of helping to improve other people's lives. And then when I started working at Starbucks, I think it really became even uh, more imprinted in me, that service and helping others. One in the literal sense of like serving customers and helping people, but to this kind of greater um, sense of, you know, I really believe that we are all put on this planet to help other people. Um, and that personal mission of service is pretty instilled in me, both from my childhood and from my time at Starbucks. So yeah, that's me. (laughs) That's my mission. (laughs) And so how do you, I mean, I guess, I, I guess we'll get right down to the book and the new book's called uh, from barista to, to boardroom. So, uh, you just talked about 
pouring coffee at Starbucks. How, how do you go from there to, to where you are? Yeah, well, it takes a while. You know, these things don't happen overnight. I think sometimes people can have pretty, you know, ambitious career aspirations or life aspirations. But I think most we know most things in life can take time and it's one step in front, you know, one foot in front of the other. And so whether that's running, whether that's becoming an entrepreneur, writing a book or your career. So when I first started at Starbucks, it was definitely not intended to be a career. It was a part-time job while I was going to college. I was making $5.40 an hour plus tips. And <laughs> we had some generous tippers. Maybe it could be a dollar more an hour on top of that. And But earlier on, I sensed that it was a place for me to be able to be myself, but also, again, to contribute and serve others. And so I was going to college and I ended up dropping out of school after I'd worked for Starbucks for probably a couple of years because I was feeling more um, challenged and more fulfilled. And I was more interested in the dynamics of business than actually sitting in a classroom. Um, so how it ended up kind of evolving over the years, I mean, I can get into the literal, I went here, I went here, I did this, I did this. But I think kind of the, one of the big thematics through it is really being open to the possibilities and just not being so set on a certain goal, but really focus more on learning and growing and challenging myself and taking on more responsibility as a way to grow my career. So I never set out, of course, very, very few people, although there are people out there who will set out like I'm a part-time hourly person and I'm going to be an executive at this company. I know that's not like, especially in today's day and age for millennials and Gen Z's, that's not, you know, not fairly typical. But for me, it was more around like, what can I learn? How can I grow? How can I stretch? How can I be challenged? And so I put my hand up a lot. I saw windows of opportunity to take on more responsibility. I asked for special projects. I engaged mentors and I took a lot of lateral moves. Um, I worked in a lot of different business units. I wasn't in the same department the whole time. I kind of zigzagged across the organization. And I think being open to learning, being open to opportunity really did help me or contributed to a really meaningful and rewarding career during that time. So when people ask me today, like, what can I do? What career advice do you have for me? It's always comes back to be open to the possibilities, ask for responsibility, take initiative. And take risks too, and not not be so focused on I call the rungs of the ladder, but more focused on the rungs of the learning. What are the things that you can gain from continuous learning and growing yourself? Um, eventually, those will get you to the ladder if that's you know if that's the goal. So that's how it kind of happened. <laughs> I mean, there's more to the story than that, but. Um, it still boggles so we got, my we mind. We got another thirty minutes to go here. We got to. It can't be it. No. Um, can you talk about the decision to um, leave school a little bit? Because that's something that I think we're going to be seeing more of. Since college is so expensive, we're going to see a lot of, a lot more people bypassing altogether or going for a year or two and saying, "There's got to be a better way than going into lifelong debt for this." 
Yeah, you know, it's such an interesting time right now because I actually have an 18-year-old son who just graduated from high school and he was trying to figure out what was next for him. Mm -hmm. Um, And knowing that I didn't have the, like, I was never coached or guided as a young person that I had to go to college. I think my family, some of them did, some didn't. Some went early, you know, some went right after high school, some who ended up going much later like me. So I wasn't in one of those family dynamics where it was like, you must go to school and it must be this kind of a school and that sort of thing. So I never personally had that pressure, so to speak. Um, And when I was getting into it and I was taking a lot of my, I was going for a business major, pretty much known since I was young that I like business. I mean, I just, there's something about business and commerce and offices and all that stuff that got me really excited as a young kid. But um, so I was taking, you know, business classes in community college as uh, like I had finance, accounting, marketing and some other stuff. And I was like, this is boring. Like I like the dynamic of um, problem solving and working with teams and um, figuring things out and creating growth plans, but I didn't like the academic portion of it. And at the same time, I was a shift supervisor as like an assistant manager at Starbucks. And I was learning like how to write a business schedule based on the business forecast, how to manage inventory, how to hire people, how to staff that store, how to performance manage people, um, how to grow the business. So I had all of this practical experience I was getting while I was going to school. And it was much more fun because I could get more tangible results from it. And it was more dynamic. So I just decided, I was like, this is, this is a better place for me. Um, And I think there's some, something to knowing yourself and not following what is the conventional path of the shoulds. I write about that in my book, not getting caught up in the shoulds of life. I think it can be really easy to do. Um, so I didn't have that. And so I'm, I'm getting to answer your question in a minute, but so, you know, with my son, he really was, um, he's not academically minded either. He's not one who like would hit the books hard or, I mean, he was just barely got through in some of his courses, um, because he didn't learn, doesn't learn the way the school's taught. And when he was trying to figure out what to do after, high school, he really wanted to go to, um, he wanted to go spend some time in Asia and study Buddhism and, you know, be up in the mountains with the monks. And then of course with COVID, you know, things became really limited in his ability to travel. So he did decide on his own to go to college, um, this fall, but not like, we're not saying you have to do it. You have to do four years. It's like more follow your heart, figure out where your strengths are figure out what brings you joy, figure out what drains you. And then also, I mean, if you're thinking about making a living, you have to figure that out. Like if, you know, you can choose to live off the land, there's pros and cons for that. Or if you really want to have a big fancy house and take nice vacations, you're going to have to figure out a meaning, you know, way to do viable way to do that. But I don't care which way you do it. You just do you do you and you need to be what's true to you. And I think more and more to your point, like people I've read research that like, the ROI on college is like, you know, that there's really not much ROI on it. And a lot of companies are waiving college education as a requirement. I think Amazon recently 
wave that as a, as a, you know, they don't even look at your educational credentials. I don't think as much as they used to, um, because it's just not as valued. So many people are learning in a much more dynamic way. So it'll be curious to see what happens. I do think there are probably certain industries that are a little more traditional and stalwart that like might quote unquote require certain education level. And there will certainly be, you know, pressures for people to get into certain schools. But I think I'm hoping that in time, there will be a recognition that people learn in a lot of different ways and get skills and experiences. So long winded answer to your question, but I like my, it's, it's, you know, relates to my own story, both as a, you know, a student who quit school and having a college age kid who's at that, you know, critical juncture. Um, I did go back to school when I was 40 though, to finish my degree. And it was really more around not from having the educational credentials as much as it was being able to show that I could actually complete something um, and have a goal. And I, it was a very meaningful experience for me those last couple of years when I went back. So. Nice. That's a way to go back to school. Um, So there all the way to, well, you've got two things. You, you talk about the coaching and strategic planning, and then you talk about uh, leadership, ex- executive leadership experience. So tell us more about that executive from, again, back from Starbucks. You did a lot of things, but how did you get into that particular piece where you're now actually consulting with other other executives who say, okay, this is and maybe this is not what you're saying. This is how you should do this. That's that's probably not what you're saying. But how'd you how'd you make that leap from working in that corporate environment to working with other businesses, or yeah. while I was at for that leap? Um, it's kind of funny how things happen, right? Because being having my own business and being a consultant and a coach just was not part of my vision for myself. Neither was being an author or being <laughs> a marathoner. Like there's just themes in my life where I just kind of back to being open to the opportunity. It wasn't like that was my goal, but one of the things as a leader in corporate America that I really enjoyed was coaching people like leading teams. I loved it. Whether that was people who worked for me, whether it was my peers, whether it was other leaders in the organization, it was just a natural place for me because I have a curiosity in people, um, what makes them work, what makes them effective, where they challenged. And so it just naturally kind of is something that, um, something that I subscribe to and, and prioritize. And so when I left Starbucks, I went to a small healthcare startup for a couple of years as the chief strategy officer. And I was working side by side with the CEO. We made an agreement before I came in that my job was to be his partner in this, not to be his employee Um, because he was looking to grow himself. And that was really important to me. I didn't want to go be somebody's minion or like, you know, I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to like have an opportunity to impact people's lives and make change. And so, so he and I were working together. And then when I ended up leaving his organization, um, he wanted to pivot his growth strategy after I'd been there a couple of years. Um, I was looking for a job and I, while I was looking for a job, I had somebody contact me and say, Hey, um, we'd like to bring you in as a CEO of this health and wellness startup. 
and um, here's our big plans. And the more I talked to them, I was realized they didn't need me at this point in time in their business. So I said, how about while I'm looking for a job, maybe I, you know, do a 60 to 90 day consulting engagement with you um, that looks like these things and then, you know, get you kind of up on your feet. And then I, you know, we'll just kind of see where that goes. And so that's how it started. So it was kind of a side hustle while I was looking for a job. And I, through the last couple of years, since I've actually, I'd say, declared my major and hung out my shingle and been on my own, it's been really clear to me that the most ideal work assignments or kind of projects, clients that I have are those that want to grow themselves in addition to growing their business. And so I'll use that as a decision criteria when working with people. If you want me to come develop a strategy or an operational plan or a structure for your culture, your people, I can do that really quite effectively and quickly, but it's not going to stick and it's not going to stay if you as a leader aren't growing with that. So I don't want to just come give somebody a thing. Mm -hmm. I actually want to work with a leader. So that's really how I made the leap is just recognizing that's a strength in myself. And that's something that I'm passionate about. And then um, just dabbling in it and seeing if it was something that I liked and I was good at. And so now it's my, like I said, it's been almost two years and I'm fortunate that it's been fairly steady. I had a couple of months with, co- you know, early in COVID where I work a lot with small businesses, small to medium size, where a lot of those just kind of like whoosh, disappeared. Um but I just hung in there and fortunate to have had a really, you know, I'd say pretty solid start to this, um, this entrepreneurial thing I'm trying to figure out. So <laughs> it is You're very yeah. precise with that expl- explanation. Yeah. I mean, if people are like, what's your plan? I'm like, I don't know. I have goals. Like I have a whiteboard right here that has my annual goals and then I break them down, you know, what's going to, what am I going to work on this week? And then each day I plan the day and the goals are color coded to the activities. But other than that, um, like, yeah, so I'm, I don't want to say it's winging it, but again, back to that, just being open to see where things go and not be so, so structured with a plan, which is really big shift for me. That's a growth in me because I like structure. I'm a very structured human being. <laughs> Obviously, I got up to run 10 miles this morning right. so I could do this and then get on the plane and do all those things. So, <laughs> y'all, y'all people um, are sick. That's all it is. It's called illness prevention. And it's actually, it's more mental. I don't know about for, yeah. for you, Josh, but it's definitely, it's like a mental. Yeah. 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 It just, just keep going. I mean, especially in the, especially in the humidity here, if I've got. Uh, yeah, if I've got my if I've got my hydration on me and I've got it correct, then the only thing stopping me from keeping going is up here. So yeah, and I know the pointing in my head helps on the on the audio, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there are people who are probably plugged into us to that extent where they can know what you're doing. They know, yeah, they know what you're doing. So. Uh, so how did, how did you wind up deciding to write a book, you know, since that also wasn't in your plan? <laughs> um, there's so many things. I mean, I wonder if us actually, how many of us actually like have a plan, a really clear plan and achieve that plan. I don't know. I don't know. I don't operate that way. I have big goals and big ambitions, but 
open to how I get there. But the book, again, was totally not anywhere in ever in realm of possibility for me, primarily because I didn't consider myself a writer and I didn't consider myself an artist ever um, or a craftsperson. I'm a business person. I've We've talked about that already. I like PowerPoint presentations. I like spreadsheets. I like talking with people, but I'm not like my hobbies have never been in that creative space. Mm -hmm. Um, But the idea came up on a run of all things. Um, One of my running friends meant we were getting to know each other probably six or maybe six years ago. I don't know the timing exactly, but um, he actually works at Amazon and he was kind of as we're getting to know each other over the course of long runs and training, he heard my story and he said one day on a run, he's like, Christine, you know, you really should write a book. And I'm like, well, that's the most stupidest, ridiculous thing I ever heard of. I told him that. (laughs) And he's like, what? No, really? Why? And I'm like, why do you think I should write a book? And he said, well, I think you have a pretty powerful story, especially uh, inspirational to women. Um, perhaps women earlier in career, mid-career, uh, as a, a working mom, you've gone back to school, you've traveled around the world, you've faced some personal hardships, and you are at you know this level of leadership in an organization. And I think people could get a lot from that. And I still told him I thought it was preposterous. Um, and then he looked at me on that same run, and this was like just the, when he proposed the idea, and he said, "And I think you should call it from barista to boardroom." <laughs> And I was like, no, okay. You know, so, but the more I thought about it, I probably took a good year of thinking about this totally crazy idea. And I was like, what would I say? And what would people get out of this? And why would I do it? And then I realized two things. One, it could be a great challenge for me because I like challenges to be able to learn how to write um, more than PowerPoint presentations and bulleted emails. And two, if I could, back to my purpose and mission of service, if I could help one person by sharing my story through giving them a spark of courage, perhaps sharing a bit of inspiration, maybe there's even a tactic in there or two that might help them navigate through life career choices, then I feel like I will have contributed to my higher mission. So that was really how it came to be. And it still trips me out to actually, you know, look on Amazon and see my book on there. It was a bestseller the first couple of weeks of release. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I, I, how does this happen? I don't know. I didn't hire anybody to market it. I've done everything myself, but um, it was, yeah, it's still pretty crazy concept. So that's how it all came to be. And that's why I did it. And I'm super honored and grateful that people have actually taken the time to read it and share with me their thoughts. I mean, I know everybody's busy and we can choose a lot of ways to spend our time. So anytime somebody sends me a note and says, I read your book, I'm like, well, thank you. That means a lot because we've all got a lot on our plates right now. And um, if I can get a story or two from people on the impact it had on them, then that just reinforces my, you know, my purpose. So yeah, that's, but I, here's one thing I did learn through this process that I really enjoy writing and <laughs> I'd like to do more of it. And I just not sure what project I'll take on next, but, um, New career spawned. Yeah. I, I know. See being open to the opportunities back to that. I had no idea. Um, definitely not a money-making endeavor. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's going to take a long time for me to break even with this project, but it's very fulfilling and you never know where, what could happen and where it might lead. So yeah. So that's how the book came to be. Only one of the right people has to read the book to change the trajectory once again. That I mean, so again, I don't, there you go. don't know. <laughs> you get it in the hands of uh, the right, the right client even. Yep. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden uh, the 500 person unit at, at Boeing gets copies and <laughs> yeah. Well, that's too, you know, I like right now, my goal is to just get it in as many hands as I can in the spirit of helping people. And somebody, I've had people ask me, especially people who are authors, like, which are people like, which way should I buy your book? Which is going to be the most profitable for you? And I'm like, I don't care really right now, because I mean, maybe it is more profitable to buy it from this source versus this source, but that's not my goal. My purpose was not to make money with the book. The purpose is to help people. And so if it can get into as many hands as possible and therefore help people, then I'm and, good. And 30, 30 cents here and there on, on the profit line isn't going to be as good as, <laughs> as um, you know, 7,000 here and there for a <laughs> speaking engagement. When the well, right see, that's the thing is it could lead to a speaking engagement. I did have somebody ask me recently about my fees. Um, for that, for the kind of the big headline type things, I've done a lot of speaking engagements. So I was like, okay, so, but that's, yeah, there. I yeah, have, in universe, I, I I just made up that number that is not Christine's limit. It, that is not yeah, exactly. I was like, don't put a cap on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, look, if 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 you're in the well, let me ask you this question. In, I mean, you've had a, a breadth of experience here, but. Uh, is there is there a person or a book or a I don't know a discipline that has been most helpful for you? This this helped you along your journey. You know, you've adopted those principles and just gone for it, or is it mostly just you going, "Hey, I'm open." Are you talking about through my career or for life or life life in general? Wow. I mean, I really try and you know, take things from a lot of people, right? Um, from a philosophy perspective, I really am a believer in the concept of servant leadership. That's been some guiding principles for me. Um, and that really came about through work um, and being exposed to the ideas of service to others. Um, and so that's kind of a guiding philosophy. In terms of people, I mean, I've certainly had some really incredible mentors. Some of them are in the book mm-hmm. um, and the impact they had on me. And those are mentors who taught me how to, um, you know, how to take care of people. You know, that's obviously a huge theme for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, my husband, Tate, he's definitely, you know, pushed me outside my comfort zone and a lot of different things and adventures that we have. I talk about him a lot in the book too. Um, and just, I tend to be more pragmatic and he tends to be more spontaneous and kind of go with your heart. And I'm like, go with your head person. So he's helped me get out some of the some of those comfort areas, mm-hmm. um, the time we've been together, um, not so much books or other, you know, things that I've read. I mean, I, again, I try and take what I can that is of use to me. Um, 
think that's it. I think the only thing I'd add, which isn't really like a philosophy, a person or a book, but is this idea of having a good self-awareness. So part of this has probably come through age and maturity on my part, but I've learned over the decades to, if I really know myself and I know what brings me joy and I know what drains my energy and I focus my energy on the things that bring me joy, then I am going to be able to have, be able to make a more positive impact on others in the communities. And I'm going to have more fun doing it. So definitely I spent a lot of time reflecting on myself, what makes me happy, what am I good at? Um, and I think that's something I've really learned to do over the last, you know, three decades that has really helped me choose that path that is going to be the most fulfilling to me. Again, what we talked a little bit before, not the the shoulds of life or feeling like I need to follow this path or being worried or scared and not take a risk here because of that. And, but knowing that about myself, that's really about that self-awareness. So that's more of a, like a philosophical thing um, that has guided me quite a bit, um, especially in the last 10 years or so. So. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Joshua. I've just been um, enjoying hearing stories of in a non-traditional life path. Um, and it seems like you're doing a great job instilling that in your in your son too. Uh, how has it been um, for you to parent in the way that that you have um, tried to live your life? Uh, has that been a challenge and where are the rough spots there as, as being a parent? Yeah. And, and in parenting yeah. toward, you know, growing, yeah, well, toward helping a, a, your son grow in a, in a way w- where you choosing a non-traditional path is not only an option, but mm-hmm. uh, encouraged. Yeah. You know, it's, it's been a journey because as much as I've, had that personal experience and my husband's also had that personal experience. You do as a parent, or I do, I don't say you, cause I don't want to speak to everybody, but you know, I did have found myself like you have a certain vision and hopes for your child and that they're going to be successful or at whatever they do, they're going to, you know, challenge, they're going to make, you know, good friends. They're going to make good decisions. And, um, I've always had to remind myself like, okay, even in the really rough patches, which we have had some definitely like freshman and sophomore year, high school in particular, were really challenging, um, as a household. And, um, I was like, okay, remember the higher goal here is as a parent for me is to hope that my child will just contribute positively to his communities. That's kind of the, my mission for family, Black Bears, if he can contribute positively to his community and whatever that looks like, then I will feel like I've done a good job as a parent. Um, and so that I've had to just keep in mind where I might see, you know, you do get into a place or I do get in a place where like, oh, so-and-so's, you know, doing better in school. So-and-so's doing better in sports. So-and-so's, you know, family's doing better in this. And like, even if it doesn't make your child's heart sing, 
I have to let go, right? You know, as a parent, because it's not my life. And, um, you know, I kind of feel like sometimes I want him to go out and just do more. Like I, I was actually surprised that he decided to go to college this next year. Cause that wasn't out of pressure for me. I was kind of hoping that he would do something completely different. I definitely want him out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wanted to like have that independence, right. I wanted to like go experience the world beyond your own, you know? And, um, well, I mean, but, you know, also you know, the year that he kind of had to decide, you know, we're all sort of locked up and, mm-hmm. you know, travel wasn't really a possibility and you can only travel to some places now and with certain limitations and Japan's locking back down. And yeah, um, as we record this, so, you know, he might, he might've just seen limitations there and, mm-hmm. You know, maybe, maybe that's something for after sophomore year. Who knows? That's what we said. Like it could be next, it could be next year, but like, I'm, I'm, I am thrilled that he's going to school out of state. Um, it's like a nine hour drive. So it's still kind of close. And I'm really excited that he's just going to be, have this whole new opportunity to be independent. Um, and I'm really thrilled that he made the decision himself. Right. That's the thing is like making those decisions capably Mm -hmm. thinking through that, the scariness part of it, the excitement part of it. So, um, you know, we've also done a ton of travel as a family all over the world. And I think that's exposed him to just all the other alternative ways of living and being and family constructs and cultures and things like that. And I hope that that, you know, kind of opens his his mind. I know it does actually. I don't say hope. I, I know it opens his mind to kind of what it, what it could be. Um, but you know, as he was wrapping up high school, of course, every question everybody asks you is, well, like, where are you going to school? It's assumptive, right? You know, there's these assumptions made, where are you going to school? You know? And then, and then people like evaluate the quality of that school or what have you. Um, and like, he needs to have his own experience. And as parents, you know, we got to, our job is to provide space for that. So it's still, uh, I kind of went down a rabbit hole on that one. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, it's definitely those, one of those things like you try and you try and do the best, but you're also trying to create space for them to find themselves. Right. So that's why I'm excited for him to be out. Oh, the the idea being that you, you know, raise the adult they're going to be, not the raging ball of hormones he was when you were. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And like, he's a super resilient kid because he went to a very small private school all through middle school and his freshman and sophomore year and realized after end of his sophomore year that this was not the right school for him. So he switched schools, went to a public school, which probably had more than, I don't know. I think his whole class, his private school had a hundred kids in his class. And then this class that he just graduated had like 600. So, but he made the decision. He was in that school for three months, the pandemic hit. <laughs> so, and he's still like, I mean, yeah. Cause he was in, you know, in the middle of his junior year and pandemic hit. So he spent basically his whole time at that high school in a remote learning situation and not even a chance to get in that community and still made this decision to go do, you know, something for himself. So, it's pretty impressive to me. Like that, that's resilience <laughs> being able to do that and navigate through all that. Yeah. Well, before we kind of run up on time, I want to ask you um, if you have a challenge you'd like to 
present to our audience and you can use us as, as surrogates so that you have some actual humans, some faces to put on that. Josh, what, what, Josh that? is trying to get me active and stuff. He's, he's doing this challenge <laughs> things to beat me up. <laughs> so I'm supposed to put out a challenge or I'm yeah, supposed yeah, to ask and not, necessar- not necessarily, not necessarily a physical one. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. No push-ups. We're not doing like a push-up challenge I mean, right we now. Can do, we, can challenge. we can do a push-up. We can challenge. do push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about, you know, not, mm-hmm. you know, we, we've talked about, you know, staying away from the shoulds and yeah, that, but you know, how do, how do we stretch our comfort zones a little bit? Yeah. I, I think that would be something I'd love to challenge people to do is, you know, take a moment, well, one, take a moment and just kind of do some self-awareness reflection. What are the things that bring you joy? What are the things that drain you? And then identify one change you want to make. Um, I read this quote recently. There's a meditation leader named Light Watkins. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's, I wouldn't say he's a guru, but um, he sends out these daily dose quotes and they are um, like little drops of wisdom, I guess, and reflections and spoke to, oh, it's called the realist thing. So he says, many of us have a dream, a big dream. We envision the creation of something that could make our life or the world better. And we imagine how wonderful it would be to actually do it. Then we get weighed down by the endless demands of life and we begin compromising but not with our demands, we begin compromising with our dream. We rarely ask, what if all the demands aren't real? What if some are tests to see how committed we are to our dream? And what if our dream is the realest thing we have? And I just love that because back to like the things that bring you energy and the things that drain you, are we letting the things that drain us take away from the things that give us energy, right? we're the ones that have control and power to change that. And so when I saw that quote with, I just think I need to print it out and stick it up here in my office. Cause I've gone back to that quote, like six times in the last month. <laughs> I think the challenge is, is that we do let those things start to consume us and sometimes don't take that pause. And then all of a sudden that all the time's gone by and we've spent less time on the things that bring us joy and more time on the things that drain us. So that's the challenge. Make a short list and then pick one thing you want to try and do that will bring you more joy and less draining. And then we'll do the push-up challenge. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, yeah, maybe you can uh you know, if you're having trouble with the if you're having trouble writing your list, start doing push-ups and and somewhere around number 837, your brain will find that. <laughs> that list <laughs> i got a friend that does a, i got a friend that does a hundred and he's older than me um this guy is like almost 80 and he's like he does a hundred he does a hundred push-ups every morning and i'm like god bless you <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy well i do my goal is to do 100 every day but i don't do them consecutive i do them in sets of 25 because it actually moves my body throughout the day so i like have a little thing okay 25 and then Later before lunch, I'll do 25. They're not pretty. They're not the most good push-ups, but yeah. 
Well, maybe I'll get up to five on one day. Please start with that. <laughs> we'll see like, how that works. Get off this podcast. Start do where five. <laughs> start with five and then just see where it goes. Yeah. Oh, that, that'll be my new book. It started with five. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> by the end I the love year, it. I'm going to read that be, book. By, by the end of the year, Kelvin's shoulders will have filled the screen. And uh, <laughs> we'll be like, wait a second. I know where that started. Exactly. Uh-huh. It Date all starts time. with those little, little steps, right? In time. There you go. All right. Well, we well, want to be respectful you. of your time. We know you have a, we know you have an airport to get to. Um, where do you hang out most online? Where can people find you? Where do you want people to interact with you? Yeah, I'm most active on LinkedIn and Christine McHugh. I think, I think my actual LinkedIn link is like Christine McHugh executive um, but Christine McHugh and I'm somewhat active on Instagram, but I have three Instagram accounts. Um, one is devoted to running, which I know Kelvin's going to love that one. Oh, yeah. um, it's Christine McHugh runs. Um, but I also have a Christine McHugh consulting Instagram site. Um, so those are the most active places. I do have a, I do write a regular blog through my website that people can subscribe to. I tend to share a lot of leadership stories and leadership profiles on there. Um, and that's Christine McHugh consulting.com. So yeah, but LinkedIn is where I'm the mic pretty most visible and, and try and stay pretty engaged. And I love meeting people. So I invite people to connect and engage and dialogue and yeah. So great. We'll have all those linked up in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. We will let you know when this is okay. up and you enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. It was great chatting with you both. Have a good rest. Have a good weekend. Ah, you too. All right. Fair, I will. Five push-ups, push. Kelvin. Five push-ups. <laughs> Can we do yeah, it we'll, before you shut off record? We'll, we'll keep you posted. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll keep you posted on those. All right. Take care. Have a good take day. Care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Show notes and more at jkwdpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week. Bye! A Better Humanhood Production.